So I had episode one here, quote, and then nothing. <laughs> I didn't see that. No, no. I, I, maybe I typed that in afterwards. So the way I think I was going to introduce the podcast was I was going to say, hello there. This is Hot Takes and Steering Breaks, which is a Colorado Springs independent production. I'm reporter Nick Raven. And joining me in the podcast booth slash studio is my good pal Kelly Karnatsky and your title. Okay. What, am I, what is my title? I don't know. What is your title? Like for what life or yeah, yeah yes what is your distinct authority on the matters of pop culture because this is a podcast about pop culture and things in the universe at large. I mean, it could be like somebody that watches too much TV or something. Okay, <laughs> all right. Somebody that watches entirely <laughs> consumes too much media. Well, that's fair. All right. Yeah. So hey, I'm introducing my pal Kelly Karnetsky who watches way too much TV and. Too much. How big is your Hulu queue right now? Oh, I'd stopped. <laughs> Once it hits triple I, I digits, stopped, I stopped. Yeah, I stopped it's, going to Hulu. All right. Well, and then I was thinking after uh, we get through that introductory bit, we're just gonna smash cut to music. Okay. And then we're, we're just gonna go through, through whatever. All right. Yeah, I'll take your lead. Whatever you. Whatever okay. You, you, you walk me through it. All right. Then, all right. It. Let me let me press a button right now. Hello there and welcome. This is Hot Takes and Steering Breaks, uh, pop culture podcast from the Color Springs Independent. I'm reporter Nick Raven. You you could see me. Hello. Yeah. This is hopefully going to be a video cast. We should be able to get that working. Uh, joining me is Kelly Karnatsky. He watches way too much TV and streaming and he consumes media and that's a big deal in this age. Uh, yeah. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, that's thanks good. Thanks for, for having me on. Yeah, I, yeah. Exactly. I'm glad you were available. Yeah. Uh, Solo podcasts are not great. Right. And I was like, I need someone. Yeah. Who's no. out there? I, I totally understand that. It's <laughs> fantastic. We got, we, we've got a, uh, I wrangled us together for a main event that we're, it's going, we're going over, uh, ready player one, mm -hmm. then the movie and the book. Did you finish the book in time? I did not finish the book. How far did you get? I'm like halfway through. So, okay. Yeah. All right. The, 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 you're going to – okay. That's yeah, fine. I, I haven't I, read I, it in a decade, so I, I totally get it. Yeah, I got enough. I yeah. Know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, but you've I'm seen the movie. Yeah, I'm, and I'm still going to finish the book, but I, I yeah. got enough of the book so far. Do yeah, I'm just going to spoil everything for you. That's fine. I'm kidding. Me. We're going to see. Um, but before we get into the uh, main event here, we're going to get into the news. Uh, we've got a couple of items here that are recently kind of a big first off. Pokimane and Ninja both announced that they're cutting back on their streaming. Mm -hmm. uh, Pokimane is Twitch's, Twitch's second biggest streamer, and she's basically said that she's burned out. Uh, she started streaming at 17, and she's been streaming for uh, a decade, and she says that Twitch isn't creatively fulfilling, and um, this reporting is from uh, Kotaku. Yeah. Bear with me. Um, and then... Likewise, Ninja said, who's this famous Fortnite streamer, one of the biggest streamers out there. Never heard of him. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Ninja, who's that? Uh, he said that something big was coming. So he, he tweeted out something big was coming. Uh, and then he started streaming. He was playing Fortnite. And then at a point, he got irritated and rage quit, saying that he would probably quit streaming for a while. Mm. And he doesn't know when he's coming back. Uh, and uh, um, this is from uh, SVG reporting this. Uh, it was kind of public anyway, but uh, there's a lot of conjecture among fans about whether the whole thing was staged. Uh, if he's hopping off Twitch for, say, YouTube, uh, mm. YouTube streaming, which I, I, don't, I don't quite get that. He did move previously to Mixer, right. which was Microsoft's streaming service for right. that hot minute there. <laughs> right. Uh, which was decent. I heard it was like yeah. had amazing, amazing technology, yeah. but they yeah, just could really, not. Yeah, really cool features and everything like that. Too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, so then, so what are you thinking that his big something is going to be? Because I mean, he's already like hosted <laughs> New Year's Eve, right? Like he's in Fortnite, right? So <laughs> he's, he's he did he actually uh, was it just not that long ago he he uh, unveiled that performance. Uh, 
course, like YouTube Academy thing. Like a lot of the bigger creators yeah, are yeah. doing YouTube Academies now right. where they tell you what every other creator mm-hmm. already knows. Yeah. But they're selling it to you for like four or 500 bucks for 10 hours of video or yeah. something like that. And, and I saw something on that and apparently it's really bad. He doesn't really teach you anything. <laughs> He's just like basically like I dyed my hair blue and I got famous and then I went on TV shows. Was that Drew Gooden? I think. Did yes. A video. Was, yes, exactly. <laughs> see, see, yeah. See, I do consume a lot of media. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, a lot of YouTube. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That was fantastic. Yeah, that was. Yeah. Go, uh, I'll try and remember to put that in the show notes. Uh, but it's, I, I think he's probably burned out. Maybe this is some drama for some other thing. I don't think he's going to YouTube because mm. uh, YouTube streaming is still not a great service. Yeah, it's not good. It's, uh, uh, but also, and, and going more back to uh, Pokemane's, um, now, for those who don't know, streaming is when you play a video game over the internet and you'll have your traditionally you'll have a face cam on so that people can see you as you're playing the game you will uh there will be a chat that displays on screen typically so that you can see people reacting to what's going on on the stream uh and then the the player will typically interact if it's a good stream they'll typically interact with the with uh the chat as they go along so it's kind of this like out in the open live event kind of thing where you're in talking with a crowd uh streaming is exhausting it's uh, it's pretty tough um, because you have to – people are will do it for hours and hours and hours on end mm. as if it were a shift, uh, like a, a job. And without ceasing – I mean they'll put in breaks or whatever and then people will complain like they owe something for watching an ad or yeah. um, watching this free content on Twitch – but you have to be performative. Right. Yeah, you're performing the you're, entire time. You are a host. Like, imagine, yeah. like, okay, for us, mm-hmm. like, the price is right. Imagine having to play Bob Barker. Right. <laughs> but for, like, eight hours while playing a video game and talking with people nonstop. Yeah, because yeah, if you don't interact, then you're not going to get that viewership. Right. Or, and they're not going to interact. And, you know, that, then people drop off. And then right. that interaction also directly relates to revenue, too, because yeah. people pay they, yeah, they so. subscribe to you. They pay you monthly for yeah. whatever benefits you get, uh, emotes, like little pictures that you can use in the chat. Yeah. So you uh, can't just sit there and play and not talk to anybody or make noises <clears throat> or anything like that. You're no, like, you can. It's well, just yeah. you don't get any money. Yeah, yeah. Nobody, <laughs> you just don't get not, any following. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So you have to be, like like you said, performative and you have to let – you got to interact with people. So you're constantly – Reading chat. <laughs> right. You're, yeah, you're trying to keep up. Uh, yeah, okay. communicate. Uh, hang on. Let me just t- check up with chat real quick. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Bobby yeah. Newsome. Uh, uh, thank you for the 12-month hap- subs. Th- yeah, thank you. For, uh, happy Gilmore, man. Thank you for another 50 gems. I really love that. Thank you so much for supporting the channel. Um, let's talk about whatever. Uh, right. But, yeah, it's you're on, you're on point this entire time. Hmm. And to do it for a decade – to be your full-time job and then on top of all the secondary tertiary business stuff right. that you can get into, the branding, because she wants to get into branding, stuff like that. Yeah, um, makes sense. It's hard. Yeah. And there, it's unregulated, really. Mm-hmm. And there's there's no laws. There's no rules. There's no guidebook right. on how to stream effectively. On, and then, so when you see the people who are performing at the peak are sitting there like burning themselves out. YouTube had kind of a reckoning a few years ago. Uh, same thing, mm-hmm. but where people are like, man, I have to be producing, pushing content all yeah. of the time. And they're always trying to like one up themselves, even even if they don't need to. Like it's in their head, right? They're like, I've got to, I've got to be better. I've got to do something better. Yeah, I've got to, got to take it to the next level. Yeah, you know? exactly. And, and, and if I'm so- sleeping, I'm dying. Basically. Exactly. Yeah. Especially like, on Twitch. Right. Yeah. There's another uh, streamer that popped up and they're gaining popularity because they're doing X, Y, Z or a new game just came out. And if I'm not jumping on that new game right away, exactly. then nobody's going to watch me because they're watching somebody that's playing the new game. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. Or some drugs, like, exclusives, yeah. you know, what, whatever that is. And then, of course, there's the backside of that where you're getting publisher exclusives and then you can't do stuff. You're embargoed. Right. Uh, there's things you can't do. Yeah. So it's like, wow. Okay. Uh, there, it's it, no even even if you can afford a McLaren, right. and, and, you know, and a, a Bugatti. Gra- yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I don't. I don't even know what the, like the top end Maserati is. But who's even thinking of Maseratis these days? Uh, probably nobody. It's, yeah. it's probably yeah. <laughs> McLarens, 
McLarens and <laughs> I don't know. I don't even think McLaren. Now. I mean, there are a couple of good McLarens, but I know they yeah. release a new car every six months. Yeah. Thank you, Doug DeMuro, t- <laughs> teaching me everything about that. Right. Uh, but yeah, it, it's it's interesting to see them have to kind of forge their own rules and personal boundaries on work-life balance mm. um, and try and figure that out. Because, I mean, yeah, as you said, uh, YouTube in particular, if you have a video that blows up, there's an immediate psychological reaction, and especially since you have access to an- the most detailed analytics you will ever need. Yeah. Uh, you're tempted to be like, oh, now I have to put down everything, burn myself out, Right. Making this next video, you know, put family, whatever, moving this around. Yay. Isn't that a great sound? That's a fantastic sound. Uh, you're putting everything aside just to work on this thing that is probably not even paying out. And, right. and then that sucks. Yeah. And then as soon as you hit publish or, you know, like when we talk about YouTube, you're watching those analytics like basically real time. Like, In real time. Is this going to take off? And yes. it's like, this isn't performing as well as my last video. Right. And then it's like, okay, my channel's dead. Yeah, you know? exactly. Oh my God. Uh, yeah. woe is me. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, you, like, I'm sure those streamers, whenever they jump on and they've got their like, Hey, starting soon. If they don't see, you know, 10,000 people hopping in, the, in right away, then right. they're like, Oh, this is going to be a terrible stream. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? uh, yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, I was really hoping for like, uh, 10,022 this time. Exactly. The analytics, you know? Right. Yeah. And there's so many ways that even people externally can look at analytics. So yep. it sounds like a hecking nightmare. And I'm glad it, I like, I don't know what ninjas thing is. It does seem very theatrical. Yeah. But, um, I will see. Was we'll see. Dude's another rich. movie. No. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Laser team three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? I just, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm sure whatever he does, he's going to be good. I'm sh- It's because his hair is blue. Yeah, I think that's, that's exactly. <laughs> that's it. Now, if then, his hair were green. Yeah. He'd be screwed. Right. Yeah. See, and, and I'm trying it too with my silverish. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. See if, okay. If I get anything. I mean, I'm not streaming or anything, but okay. I'm just, but I'm you're thinking to, about it. Yeah. And I'm just trying to see if, like, if I'm walking down the street, if people are like, "Hey, I would watch your stream just based on my hair." And and you're like, "Here's my business card. Exactly. It's going to be a Twitch channel someday. Pay attention. Right. Yeah. It hasn't happened to me yet. Right. But I got those business cards waiting. Does it have a QR code for your LinkedIn? Like, <laughs> yeah, it goes to my LinkedIn. Um, I even got like because it, it goes to my link tree, which has a link to like my Google Plus too. So okay, I'm I'm gonna bring that back. Okay, so, what yeah. Google Buzz? Can yeah, I yeah. send you a whole, all of my emails? Yeah, I think it was. <laughs> right. Yep. All right. Next item here. Uh, this is from Vice. It's actually based on a, a tweet that happened. This is actually at the Colorado State Fair here. Uh, an AI. Uh, a an AI created piece of art won the art fair. Hmm. Uh, let me let me uh, bring up Vice here, and here is their their headline: An AI generated you, video player, an AI generated artwork won first place at a state art fair art fine arts competition, and artists are pissed. And then the deck is Jason Allen's AI generated artwork, Theat Theater the Opera Spatiale took first place in the digital category uh, at the Colorado State Fair. So he had created a uh, this, this art, and unfortunately I can't really show you. I'll probably put it in post. Uh, but it's this beautiful picture. You can look at it. Yeah, I saw it's it. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's gorgeous. Uh, but he generated it in mid-journey mm-hmm. um, using a prompt that he said he would release in the future. Uh, and then he upscaled it with Gigapixel, printed it to Canvas, Okay. And then put in and then he won in the uh, yeah the digital art uh, category. Now uh, he's based out of Pueblo. And he has a tabletop company called uh, uh, Incarnate Games, and of course this sparked an entire heckin' thing. It's like if you yeah. can just type in words into uh, Dolly or something like that, which is OpenAI's right. th- thing that people are messing with right now to generate images and create art. Like you're putting artists yeah uh out of work right and, and see and like i think the headline though was very misleading because it, it made it sound because they didn't say digital right so like and then the other thing too is if he created the program that generated that ai i'd be like okay that's art to me like code is art, sure right sure so but if you're just like you said using dolly 
that somebody else generated just to type in, you know, funny dog that's looking at a spaceship flying across <laughs> Mars and it generated something that can't win first place, right? That can't, that he shouldn't win anything because you didn't program anything. All you did is typed in a string. Do you think that's and, the art though? Like if he, d- does an artist have to invent the brush before they, they can use no, but it to mount a painting? I don't consider typing words the inventing the brush or anything I consider like, or, or, or I don't consider coding the thing, inventing the brush, right? Because you've got all these pieces to me, code building all this stuff would be all these pieces, art brush, canvas, paint, all this stuff. And you're putting it together, just having an idea in your head doesn't count to me. So there's two sides to this and we'll explore uh, both of those. One is obviously you type a couple words into this, into this AI it generates this picture uh, you have beautiful art that wins all the awards. Right. Uh, and then you don't need humans to, to try anything. Yeah. Um, and then there's the other side that there's actually a process behind this. Because it's not just that you type, at least not today. Sure. Uh, it's not just that you uh, type in words. Like you said, um, according to, this is Vice, according to Alan, his input was instrumental in the shaping of the award-winning painting. Quote, I have been exploring a special prompt that I will be publishing at a later date. I have created hundreds of images using it. And after many weeks of fine-tuning and curating my gens, gens being the different products that he would get out of uh, mid-journey, I chose my top three and had them printed on canvas after unshackling with a Google Pixel, or Gigapixel AI, not Google Pixel. Uh, He wrote in a post before the winners were announced. And so it's like... It's, it's really hard. I remember 20 years ago, my dad would say, as soon as computers can automatically generate people, voices, scripts, essentially, uh, that's all the, like, it's going to destroy the entire, um, Hollywood basically. Sure. And my thought was if movies get to the point where it's AI doing it, I don't think people are going to be interested in watching them. Right. I, I like, I think people are then it, you're going to inspire this entire revolt of, uh, no, I only want movies created by people yeah. and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. even if, you know, James Cameron could totally generate Avatar 10 with – James Cameron w- plugs in a key, turns it, yeah. types in Avatar 10, and, and it generates a three-hour movie, yeah. you know, just like that based on, hello, I already know what all your previous movies look like. I can just do this. Yeah. Um, which I think is true of so many remakes and sequels these days, where it just seems like an AI just generated the next step, right? The the, the next tween yeah. in there. Um, but but it, yeah, I was gonna say, just like you <clears throat> said, though, uh, there's there's human involvement, right? He, right. We want to see that, and that's why I was saying, like, if he built something that like the own, his own program, whatever, that then generated it, or even like the movie, what is it, AI or whatever, whenever the robot at the end draws something, right? Like somebody invented that robot and it was able to do something, that to me would the be The sentient like, robot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That to me is like considered art because you're, you're following like somebody had to do this, right? Somebody created this to create that versus hey, I just, I made a script and I plugged it into a piece of a software that already exists and but what but, but how is that different then than say like you opened up this magical folding rectangle here and you move the mouse a bunch and all of a sudden art came out uh like i said i just think um i, I know what you're saying but uh, yeah i mean because i because i, I, got, <laughs> I know I got, it's yeah see, right. yeah yeah because i mean yeah because again it's like i didn't invent illustrator or i didn't Photoshop. Yeah, i didn't make tim apple's pc here you right. know yeah but i'm using it as a tool <laughs> yeah but I don't know. Like if you're – yeah, see? Okay. Yeah. Well, you kind of got me on that. Uh-huh. But I know. Yeah, so it's kind of hard. But I think there's just like a little bit of a fine line. Like I think – I don't know. I can't – I can't. now I can't I know. <laughs> My argument is not valid anymore. So just congratulations. Invalidated. Yeah. So congrats to that guy. Yeah, good yeah, good, good heckin' job. Right. Um, it does bring up really good questions. Um, I think the first though is – Putting AI, uh, even as Vice suggests, or uh, I believe uh, Alan suggested, is the idea that uh, AI-created works would be in its own category. So you're not sure. creating a, you're not competing directly with the people who are um, using you know, Illustrator, d- d- in Illustrator, yeah. in Photoshop, spending hundreds of hours like right. toiling away on all these, yeah. d- you know, layer by layer, and layer stuff. by layer, yeah. sketch by layer by ink, and all that yeah. stuff. It's that it that seems like the 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 fair thing. Yeah, but then is. at the same time, uh, the 
I guess the idea, eventually, yeah, James Cameron can come in and just type in Avatar 10, and voila, you have Avatar 10. And I right. think that's a, a whole frontier. And, I, and th- these are like early days. Because mm-hmm. like a lot of the stuff that you get out of um, AI, like Dolly and stuff like D-A-L-L-E, um, they're not good looking. They're not useful. You can't really right. use them for it's. It's a it's a novelty. Yeah, it's fun thing. to look at. It's fun to look and at. And what maybe. people come up with whenever yeah. to generate an image. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, dog swimming on a noodle. You yeah. know, in space, and it's like, right. oh, thank you. Yeah computer for coming up with that i don't yeah. know how you came up with yeah, that for mashing together all these images that you have and into one yeah exactly yeah i i sure yeah. exactly glad it doesn't have a face or it was consumed by a black hole or i don't right. very scary everything future is terrifying everyone and it's here um so yeah uh some exciting exciting and scary ways to look forward um at ai in the future uh last thing in the news here uh, this is from BuzzFeed News, mm-hmm. who is BuzzFeed very News. Very reputable. Very, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't do a single quiz while I was on their site. Oh, really? No. Dang, no, I didn't. That's that, why I go to BuzzFeed News. I can I can read. That's how I figure out the news that I want to see is based on the quizzes I take. Yeah, what kind of uh, pasta noodle am I? And right. then why is it right. you know, angel hair? Yeah. Exactly. And that's how you find that. That, that this article, article yeah, yeah, this article. Um, so it turns out that songs with poop in the title mm-hmm. uh, have gotten really, really popular in the past um, couple years uh, because of Alexa. Yeah, see, this definitely sounds like a BuzzFeed article. Yeah. It, <laughs> yes, it does. Uh, so basically, as kids were using Alexa, they would say poop and, and you know, fun words like that. And all of a sudden uh, – let me bring up the article here. They're like, hey, Alexa, poop. <laughs> and then it just started playing a song? <clears throat> yes. Uh, so the, the the title is Kids Yell Poop at Alexa and These Musicians uh, Profit. And then the deck, quote, Alexa, play poopy stupid butt again. <laughs> uh, okay. So there's an origin story here. Uh, do, 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 do. Yep, that's that, that's next song right there. I know. <laughs> Uh, yeah, let's see. So this is, uh, Joey Helpish is the, is the magician. Uh, and this is quoting, uh, Buzzfeed news. Joey Helpish is well aware that kids using Alexa may be the main source of plays for his ukulele tinged hit poopy, stupid, butt. quote, we may have heard this 10,000 times before he told Buzzfeed news, uh, Helpish and his partner, Kristen Muir ran a, run a music school in Oregon that specializes in working with autistic kids and helps them through the creative process of coming up with song ideas. Quote, we did a big songwriting session with these uh, three kids. Helpish said, I said, give me five syllables to start. And the little four-year-old girl screamed poopy, stupid, butt." and the next 10 minutes were me writing down everything. The kids were yelling at me that poopy, stupid, butt was doing. He added the song to Amazon Music along with a bunch of other songs co-written by kids from the school. And in 2019, Moore needed to pay some medical bills and the couple was strapped. Uh, he put the digital music, digital version, uh, he did the digital version of checking the couch cushions. He looked at the statement on Amazon Music, something he rarely did since it was only ever a few dollars. To his shock, his account had several hundred dollars on it, all from plays of poopy, stupid butt. Uh, it's in, so... This goes back to like algorithmic stuff here. Right. I mean, how could you have forecasted that? You know, I, I'm constantly writing music right. for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, music in the largest quotations possible, usually jingles and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I don't ever think like, man, if I just put this on tape, you know, tape, right. uh, and uploaded it to the internet, mm-hmm. that someday this is going to be big. And I don't like, you know, talking about YouTubers and stuff like that, people will create content for YouTube and it's like wrong place, wrong time. Yeah. And then six months later, a year later, something all of a sudden, boom, their, their content explodes. And I think that's like part and parcel with this new digital democracy where everyone acts, has access to everything all the time. All the tools are available to everyone, uh, everywhere all the time. Uh, is that you are now at the the whim of the algorithm versus say the Twitch approach where there is no algorithm. So hopefully someone big just catches you in this category of playing whatever you're playing or chatting or whatever you're doing. Right. And you suddenly you just get big. 
Mm-hmm. And so very poopy songs suddenly get very poopy rich. Right. Well, I mean, is it poopy rich for a couple hundred dollars? Because I, whenever you were like, <laughs> when he checked his statement and I thought it was going to be a couple hundred thousand, I was yeah. going to say, oh, my God. Like, that's okay. Yeah. yeah. But a couple hundred dollars. That's that's enough for Denny's. Yeah. I mean, not in our, <laughs> not in our city. But. Yeah, because we don't have any. <laughs> but – but theoretically, like it's you know it's it's pretty good. Uh, yeah, and, and it's I mean, interesting algorithmic behavior. Yeah, because it's yeah. I mean, the only thing I can think algorithm. of is like yeah, kids are just saying Alexa play poop or, or something, right? Because of the whole or Alexa poop poop poop. Yeah, something right. This is and a then, great podcast. And right then here. he's <laughs> and he's got he's got really good tags, and it's just like playing poopy stupid butt from uh you know amazon music or yeah, whatever <laughs> right exactly yeah and then it just and they're like goes. what and then yeah they just let it play and then they just of course they're kids so they're gonna it's alexa's gonna be like do you want to hear that again and yeah of course be like oh yeah alexa <clears throat> yeah definitely yeah exactly then, no one's around you're just gonna be playing this song over and over again right. the, the parents i'm sure will eventually catch it but you right. know <laughs> uh yeah and like I said, it's not even it's technically not algorithmic it's just that's how the, the nature of the device, the nature of kids yeah. <laughs> talking to a device. Yeah. Uh, and then that that's, that's well, what they want to hear. Yeah. And then, I mean, telling Alexa to fart has been one of those things that became viral over the last couple of years. And everybody's like, you know, asking them that. And then Alexa makes fart noises. So it just makes sense that they hear that and they're like saying other words. And then, yeah, it triggered that on that guy's song. Right. Exactly. And, and go figure it's the, it's the same, like, uh, uh, Google, tell me a joke or, you know, right. you know, or Siri, tell, tell me a joke. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't know what a joke is. Here's a web result. Right. And <laughs> You're like, that's pretty funny. Yeah. I love. <laughs> it's like, here's a web result on the hor- horrific news that's happening in your area. Oh, yeah, thank you. Oh th- yes. Thank you, Siri. You're so great. And I've never gotten any worse. Right. So, uh, budding musicians think don't, discard whatever piece of art that you yeah. think is is uh not gonna pass right or yeah something. all those all There's those drafts in, in garage band on your mac you yeah know, just upload those every to single one spotify yeah even the one that just sounds like typewriters like yeah. just yeah. for 40 minutes right asmr right there just put that on youtube oh my god. And you're good oh my god yeah. i was i was, quick digression i was watching um uh waveform audio or waveform podcast clip it's mkbhd's mm. um uh podcast and at the outro they have this binaural uh, mm. outro so they've got a microphone you know over here you can't really do it with this one but like yeah. it's left and right audio so and and it's it's kind of trippy because i'd be wearing earbuds or speakers or something and it's, yeah, it's, it's one of weird. those like little easter eggs that <clears throat> if you're not listening to on headphones you're not gonna pick up yeah, I yeah. remember. I remember like the first time I ever heard one of those was the barbershop. Yeah, yeah, same. That's yeah. The first you, just the, the you just hear the buzz. You just hear the buzzing razor and it's yeah. like, yeah, that was the first time I heard too. Just panning yeah. left and right. It's like, how are they doing this? This is, this is magic, right? Oh my god! <laughs> exactly. <laughs> how is that possible? Yeah. Well, that was the news. Thank you so much for sticking with us for all that poop. It was amazing. We're gonna get into the main event here now. For this one, um, this podcast was formerly a column that I wrote. And recently, the, uh, I think it was the last one I wrote, was about the end of nostalgia and pop culture references. And what better way to introduce a podcast about pop culture than to talk about a movie that is founded, built, uh, crafted entirely of, um, licensing out, licensing in, Imagery of, imagery to, imagery from mm-hmm. pop culture, and that right. is Ready Player One. Mm-hmm. Now, you've re- this is the 2018 movie directed by Steven Spielberg, uh, written by Ernest Cline and Zach Penn, based on the 2011 book by Ernest Cline. Uh, I had read the book back in, I guess this was like 2012, and um, I thought it was fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts before we get too far into it. Okay. Uh, especially since you just yeah. – you, you listen to it, right? Yeah, yeah, okay, I was listening yeah, to it. yeah. You're audible. Right? Yeah, yeah. So I had it was narrated by Will Wheaton. So. Of course it was. Yeah, of course it was. Him <laughs> or Chris be... Hardwick or, or or Felicia Day or right? whoever. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, but no, yeah, because I was going to read it and I was like, oh well, I'm just going to listen to it so I can listen to it while I'm working and working out and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I I mean I'm liking it so far. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not fully through it, but like it, 
I can see like whenever, since I watched the movie first and then now I'm going back to it, I like how they differentiated from the, or how the movie differentiated from the book just mm-hmm. because they kind of condensed it and made it for the audience. Um, I think that the book definitely gives you more, like, I mean, of course it's going to give you more background and stuff like that. Right. right? And, and so I, I really appreciated that because they never touched on that stuff in the movie, like where, um, you know, he's going to school and it's on a planet and there's a whole public school system. And right. so I really enjoyed like listening and, or, you know, reading that part. And, reading. Yeah. Reading. Digital reading. Dig- yeah. Digitally <laughs> reading that to understand. I was like, Oh, okay. Wow. And then it's like, um, you know, you, and then when you start thinking about that, cause they're talking about, you know, VR headsets and yeah. how this is like using lasers to basically put it into your retina, you know? Right. Yeah. And so I was like, I was like, Oh, that is crazy. Cause it's like, you, you start like, cause VR headsets weren't big. Like this was when this movie, this was out. right before, yeah. um, I want to say it was like right before the, uh, uh, Oculus Kickstarter. Okay. Yeah. So this is like right before that. Yeah. But, but, uh, this movie also rings very clearly an echo of uh, uh, Noel Stevenson's um, uh, Snow Crash okay. from 93, I think it is. Hang on, let me look. Um, but ba- it's the same premise. So in that book, uh, you basically you, – you're in the metaverse and we there's a whole metaverse angle in here. 92. Okay. Uh, so basically everyone lives out of – storage lockers mm-hmm. essentially you know like we have a billion here in town right uh they you know they plug in they've got their mattress in the corner and then they've got this vr headset and then they just disappear yeah. into this place and in snow crash it was like this it was this road essentially that kind of wrapped around the planet and okay. then everyone had things along both sides of the road to like some extent and you would have to write programs to um, make these places. So if you had a nightclub or something, you'd write a program and all the security features and features of the club were like handwritten by hackers and programmers mm. and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, Snow Crash famously was a book that Jay Allard at Microsoft had everyone read uh, as they were going into the development of the Xbox 360 or the original Xbox. And that was kind of their inspiration for Xbox Live Wow. Okay. Uh, back in the day. And so reading Ready Player One, it's like, this is Snow Crash Redux. Yeah. It, that and, idea. And it like, I, I don't know. I was going to wanted to read up and try to see if there's like where he drew his inspiration from too, because like er, when I was, you know, reading it, um, I just kept like thinking about like second life and stuff yeah. like that. Right. And then like, so you just kind of draw on to that stuff where you're thinking about it, you know, it's cause it's like, okay, the game's free or, you know, uh, is all free, but people are building things and, and all this and they've got all this realty and everything like that. And I was like, right. I was like, yeah, this just feels like, like a, you know, a virtual second life, I guess second life is virtual, but like yeah. more like, you know, 3d second life. And so I was like, that's really cool. And then of course, you know, um, all the pop culture references in there. Like I'm like, Oh my God. Cause like, I'm it's so many. Yeah. And I'm trying to remember, like, I was like, okay, when was the last time I watched war games? You know? Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, exactly. All this stuff. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm like, Oh, okay. Yeah. I kind of, <laughs> I remember that. And then you're, cause thinking, there's like a scene where they're like recreating the, that, that, some sequence in war games, like a line for line because he's yeah. got everything. Mem- so the, yeah, the character the movie, Wade yeah. Watts. Yeah. Yeah. He's the, the war games, the movie, the Matthew Broderick super movie. Yeah. He was uh, playing Matthew Broderick. Yeah. He was playing Matthew and they were re- all recreating lines. all yeah. the lines because li- he's got everything memorized. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that for, so I, the book I enjoyed overall, mm-hmm. I, it's the story is essentially like this futuristic, Willy Wonka story where you're invited, mm-hmm. there's a contest to get access to this thing. Yep. Uh, and then you get the prize, you know, unlimited lifetime supply of chocolate, uh, except it's involving VR and video games and, and $150 billion. Yeah. It was like half a trillion or something in the movie. I yeah. think it is. Yeah. And then, and then everything is, is terrible. Like at it, like on earth. And so it's like, yeah. now you're going to be able to live properly instead of in a trailer that's stacked on top of 50 trailers yeah. and, and you don't have clean water and like the very, stacks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's like in Ohio, right. In yeah. Ohio. <laughs> Which I'm sure, I mean, that's just Ohio right now. Right. Yes. But, <laughs> but pretty soon it's going to spread everywhere by 2040 ish, whatever. Now you lived happens. in Ohio, so you can, I'm allowed to joke. Yeah, about yeah, it. Exactly. You're allowed to joke about Ohio. It's okay. Uh, but 
yeah, it, this, this, it's super dystopian. Snow Crash was, but in a really different way because uh, uh, Neil, Neil Stevenson, I just said earlier, Neil Stevenson is a really good writer. Mm-hmm. Ernest Cline, uh, just a little backstory here. Ernest Cline was a writer, uh, poet, mm-hmm. and he, he, he lived in Austin. He still lives in Austin. That's his jam. And then he got a screenplay into the hands of uh, Harry Knowles. Mm, okay. Ain't it cool news? Right. Back when he was still a concern. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he handed off. And if you don't know Harry Knowles, uh, he got involved in some really nasty stuff a few years ago. Came out uh, sexual allegations, misconduct. But a decade ago, he was kind of the 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 internet's the first internet blogger. Yeah. Uh, about movies and stuff. So he would leak stuff out. He knew people, this and that. And so when you handed stuff to to Harry, uh, it went places. And so his first movie was Fanboys, mm-hmm. uh, which we saw mm-hmm. at the Chapel Hills Mall before they tore that whole thing down and rebuilt it as the Big D yeah. uh, uh, up there. And it, it, that was a, a story about someone's dying of cancer. They want to see episode one before it comes out because of course, uh, Ernest Klein is a guy who drives around Austin in a DeLorean. Does he really? Yes. This is in real life. In real life. Yeah. He is that guy. Okay. Okay, Because you know, and so reading the book, ready player one, that first act is just one after the other endless. Mm Mm-hmm. Endless pop culture references, one after the other. It's not – he's not there, – there's no, like, scene builder or anything. He's just – it's the Matrix. It's this. It's, you know, all these 80s right. movies and all of these 80s songs. And, yeah, and bands. He's just, like, rattling yeah. them off. Like, I need to know about Van Halen and this and this and yeah. this and this and this. And it's like, yeah, that's – okay, yep. Yeah. I know every single one of those is all Yeah, the, yep. the password is the third verse from this Van Halen song. Oh, yeah, I have it memorized right. because of, I'm obviously a huge song of – uh, this book's ha- uh, Willy Wonka, Halliday, yeah. uh, who's played in the uh, the movie by Mark Rylance, who is incredible. Yeah. Uh, opposite Simon Pegg. Mm, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then and even in the book, too, like, he very he seemed a lot like a uh, like a Steve Jobs, where, like, they were kind sure. of set it up. Because they're like, <laughs> if you didn't get this reference, you were fired you know, yeah. at the company. Like, it was something like that. You know, it, was, it seemed uh, like, like whenever I heard that, I was like, okay, this seems like a Steve Jobs thing. Like, maybe he was like, you know, you hear all the stories about Steve Jobs. That's like all I hear, you know, maybe now um, with Elon Musk, maybe, but I don't think he does pop culture. No, movie, I, but, well, but well like, he does. Like, he, he does a um, space balls with the plaid. Edition. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. But I'm saying, like, I don't think he's walking around, you know, the the f- factory making references and firing people where, like, you'd hear about Steve Jobs, like, somebody disagrees with a color choice or something like that, and he's like, get out, yeah. you know, so, like. So. I think, yeah, I, th- I think Elon's running around, you know, the Tesla gigafactories firing people on a whim. But, right. uh, yeah, I, do- I don't think he's making any pop culture no, references or anything not. like yeah. uh, Real quick, Simon Pegg with an American accent is so cool and strange at the same time. Yeah. Like, British people – Doing American accents, very interesting. Yeah, yeah. Now I, I thought uh, I thought Simon Pegg did a great job. I, I, really, oh, yeah. I, I like the movie was to me is so good. I've uh, <laughs> I think I've watched it like four or five times. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I, I really like it. Okay, because like, I just like they. I mean, I like the you know they they don't they don't seem to really overdo. I mean, they do overdo the pop culture, but I don't think yeah. it's, I don't think it's pushing it too much. I think they do enough. Like there's like a scene where it's just all these characters and stuff right yeah and they're they're there but they're not like necessarily forcing them on you so you're like oh it's cool to like point out and see things especially when you're re-watching it and you're like oh i didn't see i didn't you know, see you know, i mean master chief of course you're definitely gonna a see, bunch of master like, chiefs yeah 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 but it's like you know i didn't see master, i didn't see sonic before or i didn't see whatever right you know and, sorry they're spartans yeah Spar- uh, i didn't yeah. see that spartan yeah, yeah exactly um, but yeah so i think it's cool like how they did that and then i thought just the flow was I think that yeah, because unfortunately, where the movie they can just show you a billion things at once, and I'm going to come back to that, uh, and you can like stop the frame and be like, that's you know, that's this, that's this. Here's the the lady tracker tracer from uh, Overwatch. You know, mm-hmm. um, in the book, he is explaining everything <laughs> and everyone that is in, because he's like this is how he establishes the nerd cred right. of himself and the character Wade. Yep. Um, 
the other thing there is that uh, the book, if you just read the book, you really get a feel that it's 80s only. Hmm. Uh, because there's – it's like no references after like, I don't know, 89 or something right. like that. Yeah. Uh, and it's – he's like a couple years older than us and I understood basically everything mm-hmm. except for like the music because I didn't listen to the music. But like war games and, and all the stuff that he was referencing in the book. It's like, yeah, I know I know all this stuff, dude. Like, okay. Yeah. All right. Let's get to the, the story part, you know. Right. Uh, and so that kind of mirrors that. But then when you watch the movie, even though it's making all these references, it's also – it it – it's got all these references to stuff from King Kong all the way up to Overwatch, right. Iron Giants in there, uh, and it actually plays kind of a big uh, piece of the, the movie. And it doesn't look like it, they've compressed the 80s down. Yeah. And so, so there's pop culture references. Yeah, it's just yeah. pop culture, period. So yeah. it's got kind of this really broad appeal. Yeah. Um, the, going back to the million things being on screen at a time, uh, so first off, the movie goes really fast, mm-hmm. very, very, very fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, like when it finally reaches a really good pace where it starts to like breathe a little, it's already the last act. Mm-hmm. And people are like, oh, what? It got really sluggish in that last act. It's like, no, it finally like caught its breath and because it's like cutting every three seconds on average or something. Just It's insane. But this movie suffers from Transformers syndrome where it's like, there is so much stuff going on and the color space is so compressed that it just looks like a bunch of really technically accomplished stuff is just blowing up mm-hmm. and moving around. Yeah. And it doesn't make a lot of sense. It doesn't look very good for a lot of it, especially uh, you add in all of the lens flares. There's constant lens flares and stuff like that in the seat because it's like half CGI. Right. Yeah. Or mostly CGI, I yeah. should say. Uh, there is constantly stuff obstructing your view, uh, clouding you out. It looks not good mm. in a fair in a huge chunk of it as you're trying to understand what's going on. Right, and I think like, and I I kind of got over that just because I was trying to like I was really trying to like follow the story and and then I just <laughs> liked seeing things right. Like I tried focusing on like things that I caught. Right. So I'm like, Ooh, caught that. And then paying attention. And it's like, okay, cool. And so I tried like me, I tried just not to let that stuff overwhelm me just because I, I knew going into it, that was going to be full of pop culture references. So I was just like, okay, I'm just going to just take them as they come. And then, and then, um, but I, I mean, it was enough for me to, like I said, watch it multiple times just because I thought it was, I thought it was good. It's a fun story. And thankfully the, the, the movie pars back so much, like, when when he when the protagonist Wade, who is Parzival, uh, meets with uh, Artemis, and all, he's she's like testing him. It's like, what do you know about Halliday? And they're just spouting off like a couple facts, like they right. do a billion times in the book, but they like seem to only do it like that once or twice uh, in the movie. Like, thank yeah. God. Right. Uh, yeah. Okay, it, we get it. We're both nerds. Cool. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It. We, we know the exact that. same thing. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's that that is the entire. <laughs> that is my entire. Uh, problem with the whole thing is like okay we get it you're you're nerds okay we got it Mm -hmm. um but i do think that the movie does work much better especially when when uh ben mendelson and his uh company who he he used to work for halliday and he split off to do his own thing and he wants to the 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 uh the easter so everyone's looking for this easter egg the golden ticket essentially and if they do that you you get uh halliday shares in the company who's who's now dead and you get to basically shape the oasis, which is this metaverse, mm-hmm. uh, essentially, where everyone plugs into and there's games and references forever. And every everyone – Ben Mendelsohn wants it because – and his IOI corporation, which I think really implemented pretty well with like the drones and the stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Uh, they have employees that go in there and they're just in there to um, try and win. Yeah. The, there's this really cool – they've got this big – open area where people are coming in and then they die and their thing flashes red and then they get new people yeah. <laughs> coming in all the time to, yeah. they're just employees trying to game the, the, play the game to win the game. Yeah. Because yeah. Cause they, they're basically like whoever, you know, then that company would, get, they're paying these employees just basically to pay. And since the future's so bad, then they're giving them a salary, a place to live. And yeah. So they're yeah. Just doing this. And then it's like in the, in Oasis, like when you die, then I don't know if, it, if you respawn at midnight, I never picked that up or if I it was think like, you can spawn, but 
but you're zeroed out. Okay, so then they that have was to build a big themselves thing. back up or something. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. So like it's in like a, a game, yeah, yeah. So like in a game, you got to go find your equipment or, or corpse buy equipment run. or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't think you can corpse run, but okay. that's that's a major thing of the movie is uh, people being too scared to do anything like really risky because yeah, they've spent years. Yeah, the, yeah, you spent years. You know, uh, getting your gear, you don't want to lose it. Yeah. But all these IOI employees are basically given all the gear. So they probably like spawn in. They've, they're they just able to buy yeah. anything. So all right. The, you're spawning in. You have five things to do. Do them. Yeah. Go buy all of your, uh, everything you need at the, you know, Oasis store. Yeah. That's going to get you to the next point. And then, you know, like then once you learn it, then we're going to see it. And then the next person will be able to go. Yeah, just gonna keep, exactly. Yeah, just, you're basically checkpointing yourself. Yeah. <laughs> so. And and that's a really cool mechanic. That's really cool. Uh, as far as the, the story goes, yeah. uh, I think that's like one of the, be- the, the most interesting thing that, uh, the book and the story goes, I've read, uh, uh, the movie that the, not the movie, the book that he wrote after this Armada, uh, and it is awful, uh, just a truly awful because it's basically the same story, mm-hmm. but it's Last Starfighter instead of Willy Wonka. Gotcha. So it's got okay. this kid who's like, oh, my dad was a huge fan of the 80s and I worship him. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, okay. it's just endless 80s references and stuff like that. So that's cool. Uh, some of the things that were really cool in the uh, in the movie were showing off the VR tech that they're using to get into the the metaverse and uh it, like they had the the omnidirectional uh treadmill yep. so you can walk in there and you have a he gets a suit because he gets the first key and gets a whole bunch of money so he gets the full feedback and it look when the package arrives it looks like an xbox like they they nailed the packaging mm. of his like x1 bodysuit and so everything he feels virtually yeah. Uh, it, he feels it in the suit as well, and so does Ben Mendelsohn. Um, but then also you're you're jacking into this metaverse, and I think like I I'm sure Mark Zuckerberg. I mean he's he's he read Snow Crash I'm sure a billion years ago. Sure. But then he watched this movie and he's like, I want I want I'm gonna turn Facebook into that. Right. <laughs> I'm gonna that's that's what I want. Yeah. And he's way short of that. Yeah. For now. <laughs> I mean, we're, once until we can get laser projected headsets, then I don't think it's going to be as good because I still can't like play virtual games very long. Like I start to get fatigued on that stuff, and yeah. and then you know always adjusting and everything like that, and it's just I don't it's ex- know because it's a workout. Like based well, and, on what they're doing, they're like walking the around to all this. Yeah, yeah, so that's that's what I'm saying. So like, yeah, so I mean, yeah, if you're doing this in real life and you have to, oh my, because that was one of the things that they brought up in the book. They didn't really, not that I saw in the movie, but it was like okay, I got to get somewhere. And if I start walking, it's going to take me eight hours to walk there. Right. And it's like, like even oh, online yeah. problem. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's, yeah. So then if you have to do it like on a, a omnidirectional treadmill, oh my God. Oh know, like, yeah. Like yeah. That's, that's why you need a teleporter or something. Yeah. I don't know how they were doing like the, the floating and like the zero G things. Yeah. Cause the, I mean, you see it in like later on, they're on like bungee cord tethers and stuff like that or, right. or whatever. Yeah. But I don't know how you're, cause he's, he's, He's in the stacks, which are, you know, this trailer park essentially, but it's a vertical trailer park. Yeah. And he's in this hidden van mm-hmm. uh, with all his gear. So it's like – and that van would have to be like really big for him to be able to stand up. He said he's only four feet tall. So he can't stand up unless he's like really, really short. Yeah. That's, yeah. I don't, but it sounded like he sat down. And but you saw him. He had his tre- he had his treadmill. Like oh well, he, that's in the movie. Yeah, yeah in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but in the book, they he he described it. He said it's like four feet wide by four feet tall by nine feet long, and then but it sounded like he sat down because there's no way he was standing up walking around. Yeah, yeah, and there's uh, and then there, there's in the the book it's actually a little bit different because he like um, I don't know if you've gotten to the spot where he has to like leave the stacks and he gets a place and hides. Mm. Uh, that's not in the movie. Oh yeah, no, I definitely yeah, I know that yeah, because that was but yeah, because that was towards like the end where. But he's like in a store. He's like in a very secure. Like he has a ton of money. He's got a storage locker or something that he can hide in. Okay, yeah. Um, The moral of the story here is that uh, you can't build a movie or a book really on pop culture references, at least not anymore. I think Ernest Klein kind of did that in. This takes place in 2045, uh, so I'm sure they figured out the VR problems and mm. Mar- maybe Mark Zuckerberg is president. Like maybe that's where we go. 
yeah, maybe, yeah, Ernest just forgot to put that in there. You know, he just, that's, I mean, have you read Ready Player Two? Is that in No, there? <laughs> but I've heard that is a terrible book. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm kind of curious now to, to read that just to see. Well, you have to finish this book Oh, now. I mean, I, yeah. Now I that will. you've seen yeah. the movie a couple times. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to uh, do that, yeah. Don't read Armada. Okay. Don't do it. Yeah. Don't do it. And if you're listening or watching, don't, don't. He like our modest sales are going up. I know. Yeah. Thank you. Hot takes. Uh, it's, it's in both cases, ready player two. And especially since ready player two, I think it came out just after, um, the, the movie. movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and Armada had come out and got snubbed. And this was even before the movie came out. Uh, every, Every single time he's like, yeah, I sold the film rights. Mm. Uh, he's, he sold the – after Fanboys, he wrote Ready Player One and he sold the film rights to Ready Player One like immediately for millions or something like that, like low seven figures. Um, I don't know if I have a number on that. But like a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, and so he sold the film rights to each and every one of these movies. But it's like after this first one, unless they are doing something drastic – yeah, I don't need to see another yeah, one we've of these. Seen it, yeah, and um, it was interesting that Steven Spielberg was the one that ultimately directed it because so much of the book references older uh, Spielberg movies. Back, I mean, Back to the Future he produced. Rob Zemeckis, Bob Zemeckis directed it, mm-hmm. uh, but like Jurassic Park, right? Uh, e. T. Yeah. Um, stuff like you mean just stuff the... that he's tied to. It, it I think that yeah. was also like one of the the like hooks that got me because it's like it's like oh this is so cool like you know all this stuff is referencing him and then he's he's directing one. it yeah. yeah so and yeah. yeah and apparently he wanted to scale that back a bit I think like there there were there were bits of movies that the book references that he's like I'm not okay that's a bit too much yeah that's too much for me Mr Steven Spielberg right you know I that's that's uh, that's a lot yeah. so. Um, He's like, this is a little cringe for even for me, bro. Yeah, exactly. And they said that they were able to get like 80% of the things that they wanted to license. Uh, he spent three hours, three days a week at ILM. Yeah. Like getting, you can tell there are so many parts where he clearly was not in charge of like when they're showing off the, 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 the players um, show in Daito. Uh, and it looks like Steven Spielberg does not know what those overlays look like in a video game. So it's mm. obvious this is clearly someone at ILM is a gamer right. uh, and knows what's going on yeah. here. Yeah. Uh, like so much of this movie seems like something that was directed by, you know, yeah, I mean, they, digital artists. Yeah, yeah. Like he, they probably gave him like a lot of input. Like, look, we know, like you're doing a good job. We know what we're doing on this yeah. stuff. Like, let Steven, us, take yeah. a break. Yeah, let us go Chill. ahead and put this stuff in there and it'll, yeah. be, it'll be on point. Don't worry, we'll be under budget. Right. You're, you're going to get your cut. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. But I still, it, I thought it was just really cool that he was tied to it and, and yeah. directed it. Like, because that just, that just kind of like sealed the deal of like, okay, this is probably going to be a decent <clears throat> movie you yeah. know, before it came out. Yeah. So, yeah, for all. Uh, it it succeeds despite itself, yeah. Really, and uh, I I still recommend the book. I know people really don't like some people really don't like the book, um, but it's uh, the movie's good. I recommend the book too if you can get through countless pop culture references. Um, but I'm kind of like ah, I'm good. I don't need any more Ernest Klein unless he like totally changes his act because I don't think he has another trick. Yeah. Up his sleeve. So, well, Kelly, yeah. I want to thank you for joining me on this inaugural episode of Hot Takes and Streaming Breaks. Yeah. Thank uh, you for having me. Of course. This show was uh, produced and directed by Nick Raven. Uh, our art director is Dustin Galatz. Our editor in chief is Brian Grossman. And our publisher is Amy Gillentine. Join us in two weeks ish uh, for another incredible pop culture podcast episode of Hot Takes. And streaming breaks. <laughs> <laughs>